The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Han, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. Our landmark in Cali for 99 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the fall of 1923 and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Our church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn will sing this uplifting song entitled, Follow Jesus. Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, said in Matthew 16, 24, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross 
and follow me. A company choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bachel-Carter on the organ. The God-given talents of the men and women of our church band under my leadership will play this resounding and robust tune entitled, Sing to the Lord.
Psalms 84.4 reads, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will still praising thee. Selah. Such is our soloist this morning, Trusty Associate Pastor Evans Broad Sr., as he continues to put his shoulders in all facets of the gospel wheel. Then in here, as he sings this beautiful song entitled, His Eye is on the Sparrow. Accompanying Evan will be Associate Pastor Marvin Bing on the bass, Mason Sound Sr. on the guitar, Iris Lock on the drums, and myself on the piano. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow. me whenever I am tempted whenever clouds arise when songs give place to sighing Is 
on the It is an absolute that Jesus will return in cause of glory to rapture his waiting bride home, to be forever by his side. The words of O'Quarr's closing number express the heart of a believer who chose to put Jesus first by being blood washed, water washed, spirit filled, and lived the life. Listen as they sing this thought provoking song titled, Ready Lord.
In Philippians 3.14, it states, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. How is your faith today, viewers? Are you ready to hear the Lord call, come up hither? We have this morning the talented strings section of our church band as they play for you the tune entitled, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
The lively voices of our men crusaders will sing praises and thanksgiving for the things the Lord has done, is doing, and continue to do for them in their lives. They will sing the strong and upbeat song entitled The Hallelujah Side. A company of men crusaders will be Christiana the Piano. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful number to a faithful saint in the Lord. She is none other than Mrs. Beecher's Jardine of Oahu. Your love for Jesus will not go unrewarded. May it continue to pour out bountiful blessing upon you in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday. Once a sinner Jesus, I was perishing with cold. But the blessed Savior heard me when I cried. Then he put his robe around me and he led me to his fold. And I'm living on a hallelujah side. Oh, glory be to Jesus, let the hallelujahs roll. Help me ring the Savior's praises far and dazzle and her dreams yet i envy not her vanities and pride for my soul looks up to heaven where the golden sunlight gleams and i'm living on the hallelujah side oh glory be to jesus let the hallelujahs grow help me ring the savior's praises far and Shouting glory just outside my mansion door Where I'm living on the hallelujah side Oh, glory be to Jesus, let the hallelujahs go Help me ring the Savior's praises far and wide For I've opened up for heaven all the windows of my soul And I'm living on the hallelujah side Let the hallelujahs grow. Help me ring the Savior's praises far. 
Praise the Lord. And good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Hondo, and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter Aitin Loi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balongo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui branch church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. There are a countless number of people who have the mistaken notion that they are saved, having been baptized a long time ago in their respective churches. They find it hard to believe when they are told years later that in fact they are not saved, since they were baptized in the titles of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, instead of in the name of Jesus. Whether you are young or old television viewers, I pray that my sermon entitled, The Transfiguration, will help you to realize the importance of the name Jesus in your personal salvation and give you the opportunity to correct your predicament if you were baptized in any other term except the name of Jesus. After all, God maintains, if you deny Jesus, you deny the Father. But if you have Jesus, then you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. There were many great times in the life of Jesus. 
At the age of 12, he confronted and confounded the religious leaders in the temple. Read in Luke 2, 46-47. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. His parents finally confronted him, and we find his answer in the 49th verse. How is it that he sought me? Was he not that I must be about my father's business? What was the father's business, you ask? It was to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God and pursue the salvation of souls from this sin-cursed world. Jesus was the example and perfect role model. When he was baptized, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Why then did Jesus, who was without sin, submit to John's baptism? At the outset of his ministry, Jesus was a symbol of that, which he had come to earth to do, and that was to take the sinner's place in death. It certainly was a great hour when he preached the greatest message the world has ever heard, and which we have come to know today as the Sermon on the Mount. It is recorded in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. It was delivered at the time of the Lord's ministry when he was presenting the kingdom promised of old. It is a proclamation of the constitution of that kingdom and applies in a particular sense to the government as it will be when Christ returns to reign and rule. The word blessed means happy. Take note that those who are said to be happy are in that state, not through anything which they do, but because of what they are. It was a great hour when he fed the thousands of hungry people. It was a great hour when he rode into Jerusalem and the people ran before him crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. There were many wonderful hours in his life, but I believe one of the highest points that Jesus experienced on earth was his hour of transfiguration. He stood on the mountaintop and became transformed as that light which transported Moses and Elijah to him to talk about his death. If you call in Matthew chapter 16, verse 28, Jesus heard saying, Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here we shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. He did not mean that some of them were going to live until He returned to earth to set up His kingdom. What He did mean was that they were going to see a symbolic picture of Him as He would appear when He returns in glory. In Matthew chapter 17, we have a picture of Him in transfiguration. Compare his transfigured body with the description given of him in his glorified body. Found in Revelation chapter 1, 14 to 15, his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He told John the beloved, Fear not, I am the first and the last. In the 18th verse, he said, I am that liveth. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. There were three disciples closer to Jesus than any others, Peter, James, and John. They formed the so-called inner circle. One day, Jesus took these faithful men to the top of a high mountain. 
as he stood before them. A miracle happened. Jesus was transfigured before them. Read in Matthew 17, 2, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. His face shone like the sun, and it was too bright for them to look upon. His clothing suddenly became as bright as light. Never had these disciples seen anything like it. Then in the twinkling of an eye, Moses and Elijah appeared before Jesus. Reading the third verse, and behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elias talking with him. Spiritually speaking, Moses represents a type of saint who died in the Lord and is waiting for the chump of God to sound, along with the uttering of the three special words, come up hither. To confirm this, we read in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Elijah represents a type of saint who will be translated to heaven. We read in 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 to 18 verses, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And these are very comforting words. For the time in which we are now living, when we all get to heaven, we will recognize those who are already there. Will we know Peter, Paul, our loved ones who have gone home to be with the Lord? Listen to Psalm 17:15. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake with thy likeness. It is indeed wonderful that David's assurance of immortality was enriched by the idea that it will become greater than his present existence. Reading 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What a wonderful privilege these three disciples had. They looked upon Jesus and the light of his deity shining through his flesh. They saw him as we shall see him someday in glory. They looked upon Moses, the lawgiver. They looked upon Elijah, the great prophet who was translated to heaven in a whirlwind. But what they saw was only a small part of what we shall see when life's day is done and we jet above the moon, sun, and stars and enter into the Father's house of many mansions. As Jesus tells us in John 14, 2-3, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Now we are told that Moses and Elijah talked to Jesus. What did they speak about? They spoke about the purpose of his coming into the world, his death for lost sinners. Since the foundation of the world, it was in God's plan for him to come and be a sacrifice for the lost and dying world. Moses represented the law. It was through him that the command, Ten Commandments were given. Elijah represented the prophets who were men that came to serve their generation by the will of God. Thus, we see these two men as being the types of all those who would someday be in heaven. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51-54, Paul tells us, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, 
for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. This is the hope of the church, Jesus coming soon. In this transfiguration, we have proof of both the resurrection and the life after death. Moses has been dead many years, and so has Elijah, yet they are alive. The disciples saw them and heard them talking. Our loved ones have gone home to be with the Lord. We bury them, but we know they are safe in the arms of Jesus. Shall we see them again? Are we too sorrowful like others who have no hope? Let us read 1 Thessalonians 4.13. But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that he sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Though we bury our true born-again believer and his body lies in the grave, his spirit returns unto God who gave it. When Jesus returns, bodies will be raised and spirits and souls shall be reunited. Peter was a presumptuous individual who had been carried away by the wonderful signs of the glorified Savior and the appearance of Moses and Elijah. Listen to Matthew 74. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. They had been talking about dying, but Peter was just thinking about living and having a good time. There are many like him today. Jesus tells us in Mark 8, 34, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There is a cross for the follower of Jesus Christ, as well as for Christ himself. A cross signifies death. For the Lord Jesus, the cross meant a cruel death as a sacrifice for our sins. Our cross is denying off and death to self for Christ's sake. Read verses 36, 37. For what shall it profit a man who shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What shall it profit a man if he knows all the constellations in the heavens and does not know Jesus, the bright and morning star? What shall it profit a man if he be a mighty mathematician and yet cannot figure the value of his soul? What shall it profit a man if he be a great doctor and not know the greatest physician of all time. The Lord wants you, TV viewers. He wants your love and devotion. Now, Jesus didn't rebuke Peter, but God did. A voice suddenly spoke out of the cloud, as we find in Matthew 17, 5. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. This is what the world needs today. We are not to listen to anyone except when they point us to Christ and the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Nicodemus, a secret believer in the Lord, came to Jesus by night, hoping to learn about the way he was a man of position, of prominence, of power, and probably of great wealth. But Nicodemus was not satisfied with what he had. 
there was a hunger in his heart. The things of the earth did not satisfy him. He was always reaching out for something that would bring him happiness, but joy, happiness, and peace seemed always to elude him. Then he heard about Jesus and the wonderful work he was doing, healing all manner of sickness and diseases. Thus, under the cover of darkness, Nicodemus slipped out to see Jesus and said, No man can do these miracles except God be with him. Yes, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Nicodemus poured out his heart to Jesus. Jesus looked into the soul of this hungry-hearted Pharisee and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You have many things that the world can give you, but you'll never, never find peace and joy until you have been born again. The world is full of men who are trying to find happiness upon this earth. They go everywhere and do everything to find some zest in life, but their search is in vain. To them, Jesus would say, you're seeking satisfaction in the wrong places. Come unto me and be born again, and all the joys of earth and heaven will be yours. Jesus spoke as you read in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, television viewers, you may see wonderful things in this world. You may see the Grand Canyon, but you will never see the tree of life in heaven unless you have been born again. You may see the great cities of the world, but you will never see the holy city of the New Jerusalem unless you have been born again. You may live in the finest mansions that money can buy, but you will never see the Father's house of many mansions unless you've been born again. Jesus said, ye must be born again. He emphasized the must. This is one of his divine imperatives. Listen to John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue or language. According to the Bible, this is the only evidence which can be used to verify and confirm that one has received the Holy Ghost. Listen to Acts 2.4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Remember Mary, who was praying in the upper room. On the day of Pentecost, Mary too received the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. If Mary, the mother of Jesus, needed the Holy Ghost, how much more then do we need the Holy Spirit to withstand the endless waves of Satan's fairy dots? Peter forms us in Acts 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no name in this world comparable to the name Jesus. And that, my friends, in the TV audience is the gospel of the kingdom of God in a nutshell. Now let's return to our message of the transfiguration. Again, we find Peter made another mistake. He put Jesus, Moses, and Elijah on the same level. Moses and Elijah were faithful servants of God, but Jesus was as far above them as the heavens. He was the root. They were the branches. Now when God spoke, the disciples fell off their faces, frightened beyond measure. Reading Matthew 17, 7 8, And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. 
And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. He's the one we need to see, Jesus only. Our means of salvation, Jesus only. Our mediator between God and men, Jesus only. Our counselor when is when he's brokenhearted, Jesus only. Our hope in life and death and at the judgment bar of God. Therefore, viewers, put your trust in Jesus and one day you will see him in glory. Many are rejecting and ignoring him today, but in that day when you go up to have fellowship with him, all the saints and your loved ones who rejected him will be weeping, wailing, gnashing their teeth, eternal death. It is a glorious thing to be safe in the arms of Jesus, but it is an awful thing to fall into the hands of a rejected and angry God. Jesus and the three disciples came down from the mountain. A man ran and spoke to Jesus. Let us read Matthew 17, 14, 16. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic and sore vexed. For all times he falls into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. What a contrast we have here. Nothing but glory on the mountaintop and nothing but suffering in the valley. Thank God for the mountaintop and valley experiences we go through in our daily lives. We have our mountaintop experiences, but we can't stay there. Down in the valley are the lost, the suffering, the needy, the homeless. Our mountaintop experiences must be translated into toiling in the valley. Jesus said in verse 17, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Today, men don't say bring him to Jesus. They say take him to a doctor, take him to a counselor, take him anywhere but to Jesus. The Bible tells us to call for the elders of the church. Reading James 5, 14 to 15, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now, I am not saying to minimize the good work done by doctors, but I say we should not bypass Jesus. We should bring our children to Jesus even before they are born. We should bring our friends to Jesus. We should bring all our troubles and burdens to him. The disciples wanted to know why they couldn't cure the boy. Jesus told them, as you find in Matthew 17, 22 and 1, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Of course, he didn't mean it literally. I think he meant that the mountains of troubles can be moved by our unyielding faith. Jesus predicted his betrayal and death. He told how wicked men were going to kill him, but added that he would rise a third day. We read in verses 22, 23, And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. Yes, there is hope for us in all that Jesus has said and plan if we only look for it. He says we will have much persecution, but he tells us to be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world. 
However, the disciples did not seem to understand or grasp the significance of his death and resurrection. Those who collected tribute money for the temple now came to Peter and asked him if Jesus was in the habit of prayer, paying tribute money. Peter told him that Jesus did pay. Jesus did not hear this conversation, but he knew what had been said. After all, he knows all that we say and all that we do. Read in Matthew 17, 25, 27. He said, yes, and when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom of tribute, of their own children or of strangers? Peter said unto him, O strangers, Jesus said unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, and cast in hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take, and give unto them for me and thee. What a miracle indeed! Jesus believed in paying what was expected of him. Thus he set an example for every true born-again Christian to bring in their tithes and fuel offerings unto God's storehouse. God's source is where you found your salvation. Testament, He will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hanjin, expressing my sincere appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. Our church band will close our Kingdom of God Crusades and cast with a number entitled, Yes, I Know.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.